Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. Israel, good to see everyone this morning, and I'm glad to be here. I'm Pastor Cameron, and as if you're new here, if you're uh, guest and not uh, familiar with how we do things. I rotate back and forth between here and our church in Kalamazoo, and then I I'm travel a lot, so I'm not here every Sunday. Uh, but I am the pastor along with uh, a team of other pastors that oversees this church and two others. Um, but I'm glad to be here this week. I will be back in two weeks, and uh, we're in the middle of a series preaching through the attribute, attributes of God as part of our um, year-long series on spiritual growth, and this this section is about the upward journey, which is getting to know God better. And as we get to know God better, it transforms us, it changes us. So Merrily, as, as Israel said, we'll be here next week speaking on God's omnipotence. And then I get to speak on God's justice, the justice of God. I'm going to do it in my Pentecostal voice. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just part of it, maybe. <laughs> so, uh, but today is a special day. We have a guest from uh, li- literally across the world, uh, from Uganda, and um, a friend from just across uh, the 131, <laughs> uh, and Sturgis, uh, Ross Gerber, whom I've known for, wow, 20, 25 years. And many of you know uh, Sarah Gerber, who spoke at our women's retreat just a few weeks ago, and Seth. Uh, Sarah and Seth were part of our team, leadership team, for many years and are now, now out in uh, Redding, California. But uh, 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 Ross and Jen are uh, Seth's parents, so <clears throat> they're like family. And um, they have a long relationship with Pastor Dale, who will be speaking. So, Ross, why don't you come on up and, and share a little bit and then introduce uh, Pastor Dale. Give, give Ross a big hand, guys. Well, good morning, everyone. It's really good to be with you again. This, one year ago, you know, in May, we were here with Dale again, and he spoke here. And so we're, we just, it's such a privilege to be able to be back here and an honor again and Cameron and Kathy have been good friends for a long time, and we're kind of linked at the hip because of my son and daughter-in-law, you know, and so we're, we're always involved hearing about what's going on in the New Day circle. And Sure. So we also have a church in South Carolina, and their daughter and son-in-law are key leaders in the South Carolina church with Scott and Stephanie Jones. Yeah, it's just, it's crazy. That is, yeah. So, you know... We, we feel like we're a part of the New Day Network, even, even though we're, you know, we're kind of just on the outside a little bit. <laughs> so it, it really is a joy to be able to be here with you. And, you know, I just want to mention that we have a couple from our church back in Sturgis here. Uh, Ellsworth and uh, Evelyn Byler, would you guys just wave for a minute? Yeah. Um, they, they have gone to Uganda on numerous occasions. And actually, if you ever drive into Sturgis on Highway 12... Just past the Klinger Lake Golf Course, on the left side going into town, they, they ran a fruit market there, which is right there that has become a really kind of stalwart operation in the area. They've since retired, sort of, and uh, they passed it on to their son and his wife, and so that market is, is where they have served a lot of time. They, they've grown many, many things, and it's because of it's because of Ozzie and Evelyn, really, that we started the farm in Uganda, because we, we came back 
once Dale had, Pastor Dale had told us that the, the, the uh, church in Ireland that was sponsoring the feeding program for the children at the school that Dale has over there um, had to pull their entire support. They had to withdraw their support. Uh, we heard that in our spring trip in uh, April of that year, and they, were, had to, they just had to stop supporting that at the, at the end of the summer in September. And so I brought that story back here to, to Sturgis and to our church, and it was, it was Ozzie and Evelyn that said, why don't we just do something different here? Rather than just filling the need of the, of the money, let's buy some land and grow the food right over there for them. And uh, so we're, you know, we're really excited that, you know, in, 2000 and, uh, in 2009, Jennifer and I started this ministry or this organization called Strategic Ministry Partnerships International. And uh, we've been going over to Uganda twice a year since 2006. And we've been involved in leadership training, teaching leadership training with the John Maxwell materials. Uh, we've been involved with uh, uh, the farm and starting the farm and growing food over there. Our goal is to become self-sustaining so that if we disappear, that farm continues to provide for, uh, for the school students all the time. And then, of course, the school that Dale has, has uh, right now about 330 kids. And uh, Jennifer, one night when we were there, just had this epiphany and said, I have to do something for these kids who are living in the slums and uh, who live in in one room wood houses or tin houses in the lower valleys and when it rains it floods and they sleep on the floor and um, it's pretty bad and she just said I have to do something so we came back and said who would like to sponsor some children over there so we started a child sponsorship program which right now we're just a little organization we're a local organization but uh, you know, we've got 140 kids sponsored right now, plus teachers. So, so we're really excited about that, of what God is doing, you know, in Uganda and the relationship that he's given to us uh, with Pastor Dale. So I'm not here to preach. I just want to let you know that we've got information on a table out there. There's our brochures and our, this is our spring trip report of what, what's happened since November. Uh, you know, we opened up an administrative block that we that we built over there. And the key thing about the administrative block is not the offices on the second floor, it's the bathrooms on the lower floor <laughs> because um, they really are flush uh, water bathrooms, which is like a huge jump from where it was. And uh, so we're, we're excited to tell you that. We also are starting, uh, we, we dug a pond at the farm where we're going to begin irrigating the crops. So we're going to have crops without problems, you know, of, of lack of water. And um, we uh, also, when the team was over that we took with us in the spring, we uh, paved, we, we, we raised the money to put down paver stones between the two buildings that are, that are the school. And basically, the reason that's so significant, unless you see the pictures, you don't understand. Um, in the rainy season, it just turns into mud in between there. And in the dry season, it's just dust all over the place. And so the teachers said that's the most important thing they wanted to have done because the dust brought sickness to the kids, and the mud was just mud. You know, it was just awful. So, so we put down the paver stones in between the two buildings, and it's actually a really nice place right now. So, so we're really excited about what God's doing over there, and, and you're welcome and free to pick up anything out there. If you want to sponsor a child, there are some child profiles out there. No pressure at all. We just want to tell you about it. It's $35 a month to do that. And so, um, yeah, it's, you know, like lots of other big major organizations uh, and uh, our, our thing is we send the money over there and they take care of the 
of the projects over there. So praise God. Well, Dale has been a good friend. He never started speaking English until he was 26 years old. And um, he is one of the best translators in the whole nation of Uganda. That's how I met him as he was translating at a conference that we were speaking at and that we were at. And uh, he's got a great passion. He's, he's alive. Um, your Journey Upward series, he'll fit in really nicely with that here for you. He'll hopefully help you to have, get, on the, get on the train, get closer to Jesus. And uh, so I just want to welcome Pastor Deo up here again. And so let's welcome him. God bless you, brother. <laughs> I actually, we joke a little bit. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's such an honor to be here once again. And um, <clears throat> I just want to thank God for Pastor. Ross and his wife Jane, you know, for connecting me to this church. And also, what a blessing to meet again Pastor Cameron. And like, that sounds African. We have a country. Yeah, exactly. Cameroon. <laughs> and his wife. Uh, what a blessing to get to know you. It's such a joy. Well, I bring you greetings from Kosovo, Uganda. And, uh, you know, because Kosovo is known that it's in Russia, but in Uganda there is this big slam by the names of Kosovo. And, you know, the, uh, the difference between the two communities that what happened in Kosovo of Russia, the same things happened in our community. And, you know, the people, the dwellers there, they ended up by saying, you know, here is another Kosovo in Uganda. It's a big slam, so I just want to bring you greetings from Word of Life Community Church. And uh, we really love God by loving people, and we serve God by serving people. Uh, we started about 2001, first June. That's when I planted a church there, you know, with three people. And basically my family. And, uh, you know, God has been doing great things out of that place that the church has raised up leaders. We have planted other, you know, 20 churches in different communities. And also, you know, and different things really are taking place in that area. So I just want to thank God for this opportunity to just share with you this morning about uh, from God's word. And uh, I trust that the Spirit of God is going to minister to you. And Pastor Mama Jane, she helped me put up, you know, a PowerPoint. And uh, so I think as I speak, some stuff are going to be, you know, put, you know, projected up there. <laughs> and But I believe there are some new stuff which the Holy Spirit want to drop into your spirit this morning. Okay, so as you are listening, as you are taking notes, you know, just know that God might drop out something which can be useful to you. 
and uh, be a blessing. And, uh, you know, you know, Word of Life, really, God has used us to do, you know, to make an impact into the community because we have seen God raising children who are former street kids, you know, and these kids right now, God has transformed them. They are becoming leaders of the nation. We have some of the young people who are now lecturers in the universities. We have young people who are planted churches. We have young people who are serving in the government. We have a school and, you know, uh, 60% of our teachers are young people who have grown into our ministry. Now, you'll never appreciate where I am until you've got to know where God has brought me from. In other words, on our side, we see that God has done a tremendous work in this community. When we stepped into this community, there was, you know, one, you know, that was, it was a, a community which was known about witchcraft, you know, child sacrifice. It was really predominant in this community and a lot of things were taking place. When we entered the community, there was like 162 shrines or satanic temples, you know, but by the grace of God, God has done a tremendous work in the last 15 years only 18 shrines are remaining. You know, that's literally the hand of God, you know. Amen. But even the 18 one, we want them out of our community. In Jesus' name. We want to see Christ being exalted. We want to see God doing different things, you know, in this community. Now, our work, like when you go into the community, you've got to engage the community. You've got to bridge the gap between the community and the people. You are there for everyone. You we are there to see transformation, things changing out, and uh, bringing and introducing, you know, different things into our community. So basically, that's what I've done. I, I have two of the, you know, to, two of, uh, actually, the leading worshiper in our country, Uganda, is my young man called Brian Rubega. He's my assistant pastor. And last year, you know, it was such an honor for, you know, Pastor Ross, you know, to ordain him and now is the lead pastor of our church. I feel like, you know, I've battled. I feel like, you know, there should be a change in my life. If I've raised these people to be where I am, maybe I'm no longer needed in that place. Well, I'm still needed, you know, that kind of thing. But I'm raising these young people to take over from me. Yeah, you know, I want them to really to, you know, to give back to the community and things like that. So with all that happening, you know, and of course on our side, you know, we're a small ministry and we have a small church and you know it is you know I feel you know I feel that you know probably God wants me to go to the next level I'm trying to connect the next level I haven't understood what it is but I know God is leading me somewhere you know uh, this year I just got an invitation I'm a board of director to one of the ministries and they have uh, a big conference which brings different missions you know uh, which brings different churches and missions who want to go to Africa in Washington. And, you know, this guy, he wasn't turning up. And he said, Dale, would you want to go and attend this conference in Washington? I said, yes. They are paying half of my ticket. I said, well, you know, I'm going to believe God for the next. Let me go there, you know. Let me go there. Probably I'll connect up with someone. I'll be able to bring, you know, and just, you know, we go back and go to the villages, train pastors, plant more churches, you know, things like that. So this morning, I just want to share with you uh, about 
cultivating a daring spirit. You know, cultivating a daring spirit. The reason why I shared a little bit about my background, you know, sometimes you do things and you get used to things and you've got to challenge yourself to go to the next level. Sometimes you've been battling. I mean, we battled with many witch doctors, but you know what? Now witchcraft is kind of forgotten about our what? Our community. It is very easy for me to sit down and say, oh, young man, just go forward. Let me relax. But you know what? Jesus said, go. He said, occupy until I come. You know, he never said, I stop going. He always, there is a next level, which God wants you and me to go to the next level. So, and sometimes it's not something which you are going to fail. You know, sometimes you've got to what? To cultivate it. You've got to. Wonderful testimonies and, you know, some of the things which can push you out of your comfort zone so that you can reach out to your neighbor, you can reach out to your community, you can reach out, you know, to other places because I believe you are the person you've been waiting for. Sometimes you sit there and think, oh, let Cameron go, let someone go, let the pastor go. But you know what? God is calling you and me to bring a transformation where he has placed us. I believe there is a general call for all of us to pray. All of us. Because you know what? Prayer can do what God can do. You can change things in cities. You can change things in communities. You can change things in nations through the power of your prayer. So all of us, we are called to pray. Number two, God has called us, all of us, to pray for the sick. The Bible says the believers shall lay hands on the sick and the sick will cover, will recover. <laughs> Amen. So it's not about the pastors praying for the sick. God has called you. God has called me to reach out to those people who are surrounding me. Now you never see God moving until you step out. The Bible says signs and wonders will follow those who believe. You know, you've got to step out in order to see the hand of God working and moving in your life. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Well, if I go back to the context, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to uh, read from First Samuel chapter 14. And, uh, you know, that's the chapter I'm going to use. And, uh, you know, and uh, 14, and then we'll start with verse 1. And the Bible say, one day, Jonathan said to his unbearer, come. Let us go over to where the Philistines have their outpost. But Jonathan did not tell his father what he was doing. When you go back into uh, the history or by the time when this scripture was, you know, was, uh, was just written by the prophet of God. By this time, the nation of Israel was at disadvantage. The Philistine had squeezed and oppressed the land of Israel to an extent that even the king himself, he was intimidated by what is happening. 
when you read the, uh, you know, the previous chapter, of course, I'm not going to read there, but when you go back home, please look into there. You can see what was happening, you know. Uh, in verse 13 there, you know, uh, in verse 17 of chapter 13, you will see that, you know, the Bible talks about three raiding parties coming to attack Israel, you know, from different directions, you know. By the way, all of us, we have the enemy can attack us, you know, uh, you know, can you know, attack us from different directions, but there is an area which the enemy cannot attack. When you look at Israel, the Israel, it kind of have three, you know, different, uh, you know, directions. Behind them, there is a dead sea. And sometimes the Arabs try to push that nation out, but they will never do it. I believe the other side is protected by the mighty hand of God. Blessed be the name of Jesus. So the enemy was attacking Israel and it was so hard and things were just falling apart. Even the king was so scared about what was taking place. But how did this happen? You have to understand that the enemy has a plan to reduce our efficiency. The, the enemy has a plan to reduce your relevance. This is my prayer that New Day will become a relevant church to the community where God has placed us. We don't know, totally just we want to be a church which is making an impact where God has placed us. But the enemy started to reduce the influence of Israel. The Israelites reached a point where they couldn't, they were no longer relevant. In verse 19, you see, the Bible said there was no blacksmith in the land of Israel in those days. The Philistine wouldn't allow them for they would make swords and spears for the Hebrews. You see, the enemy removed what the Philistine did. I believe this is a demonic kind of attack. What the Philistine did, they took all the people, you know, who are able to produce weapons. You know, Bracksmith, he talks about those are the people who are able to produce the, you know, the, the weapons, you know, for fighting the battle. So the enemy came, I mean, the Philistine made sure that all those people who had some kind of skills, you know, that the enemy attacked them. It came a day when in the Israel, there was no Bracksmith, there was no trainer. Actually, I have a word for you, young man. Talk to that young man there. Hey, he, he can't even know, get to know what I'm talking about. That one, that one. Young man. <laughs> hey, hey, how are you? God bless you. You know, this young man, when he was sharing here, he's a trainer. He's a blacksmith. He's here, God has given you the anointing to sharpen the young generation. But you feel like you can't do anything. I believe God is releasing a new mandate upon your life. You know, we need the sharpeners, those people who can train others how to do things. I believe there is an anointing upon your life to sharpen people into the word of God, to release people so that they can know how to move to the next level. Blessed be the name of Jesus. We need men like him, men who can stand and teach others and how to use the weapon, how to use the word of God. Because you know what? The battle is still there. And our weapon is the word of God. So the Philistines, you know, there was no one who could train others. No one was there. And the enemy kept on really fighting that 
only the Philistines were sharpening, you know, were the only one to sharpen the axe and other things. Now, this is what happened. If you got your enemy and ask them to sharpen your weapon, and they know you are going to use that weapon to attack them, when you pay them, do they sharpen that weapon? No. You know, sometimes we think, you know, yeah, sometimes we think when you look at the church today, yes, thank God, most of the theological institutions, the professors there, instead of being led by the Spirit of God, they are, I'm not here to attack theology, you know, I, you know, I have a diploma in theology and I'm learning into that, but you need to understand who is sharpening you. Is the Holy Spirit involved? So sometimes if you send people in an institution where the Spirit of God is lacking, you are finding out that the leaders, the people who are produced, they are not on the cutting edge. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that if the axe is down, you need more strength. In other words, if the axe is down, you need more strength to add, to cut. But I believe the Spirit of God, God has men and women in the house of God to sharpen us that we can remain at the cutting edge. It's time for us not to give up. It's time for us to feel like what I thought about that young man, that you know what? God has given him some skills to sharpen and to help those God is preparing for the ministry. Blessed be the name of Jesus. So the Philistines were charging them a lot of money. To sharpen. Now, cutting the long story short, you know. When you look at the last verse in chapter 13, it says, so the verse, uh, that is 22. So the Bible says, so on the day of the battle, none of the people of Israel had a sword or a spear except Saul and Jonathan. Look, when the Philistine made sure that those few, you know, Israelites who are there, you know, they had taken their, probably their weapon to be sharpened. They made sure that they had brought them because they were paying them a lot of money to sharpen them. On the day of the battle, only two people had swords, had weapons, the king and his son. Now listen to me. All of us God has called us to learn the word of God. I thank God for the great apostolic leader. You know, he's a great guy. And I thank God for his assistance. But you know what? God wants you to be well versed with the word of God. The Bible is too deep that the theologians get lost in it. And it's too shallow that even people who are not educated can understand it. I believe that we have an invisible teacher who is called the Holy Ghost. God is calling us to read the word of God, to master the word of God, so that we can put the enemy where he belongs. You know, sometimes comes when you feel tired, you can't read any longer. You know what? If you are like that, this is the time for you. Do you know what? To dare once again and devour and read God's word so that you can remain on the cutting edge. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Our leaders are good. You know what? You know, in this battle, seriously, in this battle, you know what? 
a lot of things happened. I remember when we planted our church. I mean, we used many, you know, like I said, there was many witch doctors. And, and one of the stories I can't forget was about this boy who was 11 years. The mother was witched, which she was going to witchcraft, and the father was a Catholic. But this boy kept on coming to church because and uh, coming to school. She was part of our school. And this boy could come in the service and he could hear us singing about the blood of Jesus. There is power in the blood of Jesus. So one day the mother asked this boy to wash the witchcraft stuff, you know. And the boy said, I'm a born again, I'm not going to wash that. You know, and of course the mother wanted to beat up the boy and the boy ended up giving in. But when he gave in to wash that banner for witchcraft, this boy started to sing, washing the banner. And he started to sing about the blood of Jesus. And then he said, there is power, wonder working power in the blood of Jesus. The more this young boy sang, you know what? Demons started to free from this mother. And the lady, she started shouting, what? Well, and the boy was busy. Power, wonder working. And the mother was yelling, yelling, yelling. And the father came and invited me and said, Pastor, you have brought some trouble in my house. I said, what's the trouble? I said, come and see. The boy is singing. The mother is crying. You know, she was a stepmother. The boy is singing. The mother is crying. When I just went there, I asked the boy. He said, Pastor, I didn't want to wash a witchcraft. What? But I started to sing about the blood. The lady wanted to beat up the boy. The, you know, this Catholic guy, he said, Mama, if you want to go and wash your, worship your witchcraft, go. But let my son worship what he understands. This simple boy who didn't know much, but when he sang about the blood of Jesus, demons started to free. Hallelujah. I believe God. If God can use an 11-year-old child, that God can use you. So God wants us to get well versed with the word of God. So there is a need for us to cultivate a daring spirit. Because time come when you know, all of us we get used. Okay, let me give you some points as we are moving forward. So there is a reason. There is a reason you and I to cultivate that daring spirit. And we have just read our scripture. Now, if, let me give you some few points. If you are going to cultivate a daring spirit, it starts by recognizing that today is the day to make a change. Blessed be the name of Jesus. The Bible says one day, Jonathan said, I believe there is a new day for every man and woman in this place. And, I, you know, you have to understand that many times, instead of challenging what is challenging us, we keep on saying someday. Brothers and sisters, there are seven days in a week. Someday is not part of that. <laughs> you understand what I'm trying to say. Someday is not part of that. But this is what I believe. That the spirit of God comes upon your life. And this is, it's a normal day. But to you, it's a new day to, you know, to challenge what has been challenging you. Oh, bless God. You know, there is a day and that day comes. But they, that day bypasses because we have failed to recognize it. You know, that day is there for each one of us. I remember when I planted a church. 50 meters from the church, there was a witch doctor. 200 meters, there was another one. 300 meters, there was another one. And this witch doctor could bring all the witch doctors to cast me. 5 to 10. And I had few members. And they could cast me. But one day after two weeks, I got fed up. I looked at this witch doctor. I don't know where even I got the guts. 
I told him, but today, man, you know, I told him, in the name of Jesus, I'm giving you seven days. In seven days, my God is going to deal with you. When I spoke it, fear just grasped me. But I always turned my fears into prayer. After speaking the word, I started speaking in tongues. Something, you know, there was fire inside of me. I told him, you have cast me, cast me several days, but in seven days, my God is going to deal with you. Listen, what? What happened? The first day, the second day, the third day, the fifth day. On the fifth day, someone who is driving a car came to consult the witch doctor. Now you have to understand that cars, it's not a common thing in Africa. My first time to sit in a car, I was 14 years. I never put on shoes until I was 16 years. So if someone with a car comes to visit you, you feel like you are a big person. So when this witch doctor, you know, someone with a car came to consult him, it was a big deal. Because he was busy laughing that my God will not be able to do anything. But thank God that on the sixth day, the Lord did a miracle. The witch doctor was busy announcing to everyone how my God is a liar. Nothing would happen. On the sixth day, there came a police truck. On that police truck, there was a man, a man behind that police truck. And this man was the one who who had come the previous day with the car. He stole a car somewhere and he came to the witch doctor to give him the charms so that they may not understand, so that he's not caught into the action. So the police brought him and when he stood there, he said, that is my witch doctor who gives me the charms to keep on stealing the cars. When the witch doctor saw this young man behind the truck, he ran in the community and the police chased him. I was there saying, bah, my God has dealt with you. The witch doctor was arrested, put in prison for two months. When he got out of the prison, he left where he was. He went to another place. Blessed be the name of Jesus. The Lord delivered me at the last moment. But you know what? That wouldn't have happened unless I got fed up of that, of what was happening. There is a day, there is a new day where you should say, enough is enough. I'm going to challenge this sickness. I'm going to challenge whatever has been challenging me. That day is there for you. I believe that day is there. If you are waiting for that day, that day is there. You, you've got to recognize when that day comes. How do you recognize it? Well, you know what? You recognize it by the challenges which are set before you. You see, the blessing of God come to us every day. There are opportunities for God to perform miracles, but those blessings, they don't come dressed in a smart way. They come in a scaring way. Challenges are a breeding ground for champions. The challenges you see in front of you, they are there to take you to the next level. <coughs> Jonathan, he said, you know, my goodness. Jonathan, he said, enough is enough. He did not have influence. 
Yes, his father was a soldier. He had the army. But you know, Jonathan, he couldn't. He didn't have a lot of influence. His influence would go only, wouldn't go beyond one person. But this young man said, you know what? We are tired of hiding in the caves. We are going to go on the other side where the Philistines are. Oh, Jesus. Do we have some people who are ready to invade where the devil is, where the devil's camp are? And you just go and say, in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Messiah, today, devil, you must leave this place. Sometimes we just cave in and just get scared and say, oh, we shouldn't touch that. We shouldn't challenge that. And you miss your day. There is a day to get tired. To, I mean, to say enough is enough. Let me challenge what is there before me. Let me challenge. Blessed be the name of Jesus. So, it's that's why recognizing your day. When you recognize your day, you do something. You do something. Jonathan said, let me cross over on the other side. Let me go the other side. Now, the first question which God asked man. We find that in Genesis chapter 3. But that, that question, it's a question... God came down and asked Adam. He said, Adam, where are you? Now, we know we are talking about the attributes of God. That's a wonderful thing. We know that God knows everything. He sees everything. But why was he asking Adam? I say, Adam, where are you? The answer is very simple. Adam was not where God expected expect him to be. I believe the same question comes to you and comes to me all of us. Where are you spiritually? Yes. Where are you financially? People are saying that people who die of poverty in Africa, I'm not among them. I believe God is going to bless me. There is a lot of resources in Africa. Where are you financially? Now, you can't move yourself. You cannot really. Where are you spiritually? How are things, you know, that's a question for you to answer in the spirit of the living God. Where are you financially? Where are you relationship-wise? I believe God does not rain money from above. God gives you people, relationship. When you build those relationships, those relationships take you to the next level. Are you someone who risks to tell someone, hello? By the way, have you greeted your neighbor? Can you extend a hand to them and say, how can I serve you this morning? Blessed be the name of Jesus. Just greet them. Say hello to them. You know what? Because you've got to expand your influence. You've got to connect. You've got to, you know, to go on the other side. Oh, Jesus. Blessed be the name of Jesus. So, where are you spiritually? Where are you financially? Where are you? Are you where God expects you to be? I want to cut this long story short. This is what. Whenever you are not God... Whenever you are not where God expects you to be, always God wonders where you are. Sometimes you could be home watching the TV. God is here in the church and say, hey, Kevin, where are you? Why? You are in a wrong place. Are you where God expects you to be? Blessed be the name of Jesus. So if you come that, you know, recognize, you know, Recognize, like I said, I say, do some, realize you're there to do something. Number two, you need to go on the other side. You know, the, the second part is that go on the other side. Go on the other side. Exactly. Go on the other side. That side where you are not. 
So God is wondering, where are you? Oh, Jesus. Where are you? I mean, I can dwell the whole sermon into that, but all of us, we need to pause on that question. Where are you? Some of you, you need to be zealous for God. Busy inviting people for church. We went to have some coffee with Pastor Ross. And this girl, she said, I've heard about this church. I said, okay, I say, can you come next Sunday? If It's not hearing about something that's not enough. You've got to leave your home and come to church. Because at the feet of Jesus, that's where your miracle is. Blessed be the... So, you, as you are engaging people, keep on engaging. Where are they? Yes, they know about God. The church offended. You listen to me. The church... It's a hospital. All of us, we are either coming out something or going through something or overcoming something. But Jesus hasn't given up about us. One time God spoke to me a powerful statement. He said, there are people who have hurt you, but I will use people to heal you. I said, Lord, you know, that, that's what I'm going to do. You know, you know what? Whatever's happened to you, God will use people to bring your solution. So there is no way you can say, I'll start my home, pray, you know, pray, you know, on the TV, on the radio, blah, blah, blah. You know, some of the depression which is happening in, Af in America, I believe I'm an African person. You excuse me, okay? It's because people are trying to develop a relationship with the wrong thing. They are developing a relationship with their computer. Developing a, a relationship with, their, with Facebook. Developing a relationship with their phone. Listen to me. God created us to be relational. To fellowship with one another. When we come together, something happens. Blessed be the name. Where are you? Mm. Jesus. Amen. Go on the other side. If you stopped about, go where? I know there are challenges. Church has offended you. But go there. Jesus hasn't done anything bad to you. He is a good God. Hallelujah. My second point or whatever, just catch up with me. <laughs> Who do you tell? You see, something in here, the Bible says that Jonathan never told his father. In my culture, in the body of Christ, wherever we are, fathers, it's not a name. Fathers, it's a responsibility. We need fathers in the body of Christ. Actually, I believe in the last days, God wants to use two weapons. The first weapon is called gray hair. That is wisdom. <laughs> wisdom. But the second, the second weapon God is going to use is called strength. This young man is strong. He has some gray hair, but he needs some strength. He needs some young men who are going to rally behind him and say, Cameron, just tell me what needs to be done. I'll go there and do it for you. And let him provide you with advice. We need the two. We need the wisdom. And also we need what? The strength. Some of the things, you know, you need some young men who are fed up, who are ready to come and say, Papa, let us what? Encourage you. So who do you tell? Now, this young man, you have to understand, again, time is not enough. He did not tell his father, not because he despised his father. No, but when you read the previous, the previous 
chapter, like chapter 13, we see that his father was hiding with 600 men. He had resources. He has the army. But somehow, somewhere, he got squeezed. He's a human being, we understand. The enemy can squeeze us from different directions. There are times when I've thought about giving up ministry. But I'm, the only thing I'm qualified to do is to preach. You know, <laughs> That's the only thing that I know how to do. You, you understand. So it was tough. But you know what? If this young man had told his father, that father, I'm going to attack the other side. You know, do you think his father would have released him? No. So, who do you share with? That is my second point. Now, of course, now this happens. You know, one of the things, who is going to let me know of the time? Can you serve me? Just, you know, mama, just in a graceful way like a mother. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Bless him with the name of Jesus. Well, Okay, I can sum up this. This is so in my heart. This is, you know, this is part of my life. And, you know, but yeah. Huh? With five more minutes. Yes, yes, thank you. And one of the things which was happening is that his father was hiding with 600 men. And when you read the following verse, he was hiding. The Bible said he was hiding in the outskirts of the city. Meanwhile, verse 2, meanwhile Saul and his 600 men were camped in the outskirts of, of Gibeah around the pomegranate tree at Migron. Among Saul's men were Ahijah wearing the ephod. Two interesting names there. Ichabod and Eli. Ichabod means the glory has departed. You know, the glory has what? Departed. And the Bible says he was in the outskirts of the city. Instead of being at the front line where things has happened, the enemy kept on squeezing him. Squeezing him. He found that he's no longer where things are happening. But he's kind of going backwards. And he had the wrong company. Ichabod means the glory has departed. There are many people who complain the glory has departed over it. You know, glory has departed. Listen, stop talking about that. Do something to bring back the glory to the Amen. house of God. Amen. And this young man with his strength, he said, no, I'm going to redeem my father. I'm going to do something. You know, who do you share with? The thing is that Saul was where he was because he had wrong company. Now, we need to make sure that we surround ourselves with good, right people, right relationship. Someone said there are three types of people. There are those who are, uh, they are dream promoters. People, when you share your dream, they are ready to capture that and take it to the next level. The dangerous group is called the dream, dream aborters. Those who dreamt of doing something. But because of situations, they were frustrated. They aborted their dream. One time God spoke to me and said, the day you abort your dream is the day you bury your destiny. Because your provision is in the dream which God has given you. 
There are nine things which kill a dream, you know, but mine was being killed by one which I will mention. My dream was killed because of economic reasons. I thought I couldn't do it until I had the money. From that day, God spoke to me. I changed my slogan. My slogan is this. I do what I can with what I have where God has placed me. So I'm not excusing myself because the resources, you know what? I'll start something. Resources will find me there. Blessed be the name of Jesus. So this man and what is happening in here, he basically was surrounded with that. But you know what? Jonathan, he had influence over one person and we don't know even his name. He's called Anambera. I believe Cameron needs Ambearers. Ross needs Ambearers. I need Ambearers. Someone who is willing, you know, to your spirit. You know, the Bible talks about the story between Mary and Elizabeth. When Mary got to know that she was pregnant of Jesus, she went to greet Elizabeth. When she greeted Elizabeth, the Bible said the baby inside leaped and she was filled with the Holy Ghost. You need to connect with someone who can cause your dream to leap. And become alive. The second thing is this. Someone who when you share. The Holy Spirit just come upon you. And you feel like you can do it. You can do it. You can do it. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Cutting the long story short. The Bible says. You know this young man. Jonathan with his ambeara. They started to climb. And they passed through. You know two sharp stones. One was Bodes and Sene. Now when you are crossing over on the other side. It's not an easy road. I remember Pastor, Pastor Ross getting malaria from Africa. I didn't know what to do with the old man. But thank God he survived. <laughs> Blessed be the name of Jesus. So while you're climbing to your destiny, there are challenges. I believe these stones, they pierced him. But you know what? When you are, when you are tired, when you realize your day, you are willing to pay the price to cross over and go on the other side. Who? Just go and read the whole chapter and just see the rest of the story. You know, because as they climbed, their enemies, they, you know, they had an optimistic faith in God. They said, the God who served with many, he can serve with a few. Amen. They were fully persuaded and said, we don't need multitudes to stand behind us. The one who can deliver with many, he can deliver with the one, with a few. They kept on moving forward and when they reached their enemy, they didn't shun away from the Philistines. No, no, no. Instead of shunning away, instead of running away, the Philistine, they said, when they, you know, of course, the Philistine, I mean, they set up, they had a conversation and said, when they see us and invite us, we'll know that the Lord has delivered them into our hands, you know. And, you know, when they invited them, they just showed up. Sometimes when you see the devil, don't just run away from the devil. Just say, devil, try me. Oh, come on. Come on. Because great is he in you than the devil in the world. Blessed be the name of Jesus. He just said, try me. Why? He was fully persuaded to go on the other side. When he kept on climbing, you know what? There was an invisible army. Yeah. When you read there, the Bible said there was an earthquake uh. caused by just two people. To an extent that where King saw wars and 600 soldiers, they saw a commotion of the Holy Ghost. Uh. Oh, whenever you step out, he is and there is that mighty hand, you know, time is not enough. But you know how the witch doctors ran away from my community? We bought the land and this witch doctor had taken it by force. But you know what happened? She came and picked my dad. She said, I'm going to die. She, you know, she real scared me, picked my dad. I got scared because I'm a human being, but I turned my prayers, my fear into prayer. That, that's the, how I do. When I'm afraid, I just pray. 
When I pray in tongues, this boldness comes over me. Blessed be the name of Jesus. I prayed with these three young men for like two hours. We prayed until we felt the peace of God because this lady, she was taking away the land. The land was hers. The man who sold us the land. He, I mean, he got scared because three of his brothers were killed, but were bewitched by this doctor and they died. And when she came wanting to take away this land, it was the only thing that was left. I prayed for three hours. Until I thought the peace of God. I told the young men I was with, I told them, you know what? Let us go rest. It was a Thursday. We'll come back on Monday. On Saturday, at around 10, I was busy translating. On Saturday at around 10, the Muslim man who sold me the land called me. He said, Pastor, have you heard? I said, hearing about what? He said, you know what? The witch is dead. Pastor, what did you do? Honestly speaking, I don't know what I did. I don't know. I was, I got scared too. But this invisible hand of God just went over this witch. Oh my Jesus. I mean, time is not enough to give you the details. But you know what? The witch was dead and what happened was this. Listen to this. What happened before this witch died? She preached even a gospel to someone. Because when I came to, to church on Sunday, there was this level this lady, she's still a member of our church. And this lady asked her, Mama, how did you come to church? She said, a witch sent me. I said, a witch sent you? How? He said, well, I went to the witch to be chewed. And you know what? The witch told me, no one can ever chew me apart from your God. I said, what? I said, yeah, when, I, when she went to this case, she said, no one can ever chew me apart from your God. And two hours later, the witch was dead. Brothers and sisters, I don't know what happened. How she died, I don't know. But this is what I know. When she died, the witch who was 300 meters from the church, she carried three sacks of witchcraft. She came and gave her life to Christ. Another witch came and gave her life to Christ. They said, please tell your Jesus that we are ready to become a Christian. You know what? They thought that my Jesus was going to kill one by one. So most of the witch doctor, they freed the community and others gave their life to Christ. Listen to me. That was the hand of God. Listen to me. I have scars. It hasn't been easy. There are scars. But you know what? There is always a hand of God which is protecting us whenever we step out because he said I'll never leave you or forsake you. I believe we have fathers in the house. Pastor Cameron and the house is here. Pastor Ross and his wife are here. You know, if you are here and you want to cultivate that daring spirit, move forward. They are ready to pray for us. Bless you. Amen. Wow. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Dale. Hallelujah. I just love hearing the stories and the passion uh, that uh, Pastor Dale brings. And, um, you know, the, the, you know, the setting is different in that.